You're listening to a podcast from 702. 702. Technology and Society with Aki Anastasio. Hello, Aki. Eusebius Makaiser, how are you doing? I'm good. I almost said something that made me realize sometimes <laughs> I must keep the secrets between friends. I was going to tell them what shoes you're wearing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm happy to... You know, I've been running this experiment and I've been asking my colleagues at work, uh, what kind of shoes do you think I'm wearing? And nobody has got it right. And after five guesses, on average, I afterwards show people what shoes I'm wearing. When Eusebius came in today, and this is, I'm getting to my point because he's trying to embarrass me, but I shall get one up on him. I said, Eusebius, what type of shoes are these that I'm wearing? And he got it first guess that I'm wearing oh. Crocs. He is wearing Crocs. But, <laughs> but you might wonder why is it not obvious because the design is pretty funky. They, they look like of, sneakers. They look sneaker like sneakers. Crocs. Yeah, they look like sneakers. What Sneaky surprised feet. me is that you recognized him. I did instantly. <laughs> and that does not mean that I have Crocs in my closet. There are no Crocs in my closet. <laughs> Hello, you see. It's nice How's to it? see you. Are you well? You have a nice weekend. I did have a beautiful, very relaxing weekend. Very weird because I thought I was relaxed because I really was. And then this morning I was like, oh my God, it's Blue Monday. You're growing your beard back i can never decide what to do with it but i'm growing it back here okay i, I liked it uh I shaved well. it all over the other day but then i felt completely naked it was weird so weird yeah yeah, yeah. you're very smooth no but listen i <laughs> you know what when i start growing a beard it starts irritating me and i get ingrown uh, hairs and you know yeah no those are absolutely problems that horrible. men have you know that's true that's exactly true. listen the first story is really fascinating we think we know everything about our smart devices but actually we don't max the potential of what these things can do for us. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. You know, uh, these devices have replaced music players, diaries, cameras. You know, it's our communication device, the calculator. It's a GPS. But, you know, if you start using the sensors properly in your average phone, uh, you can get a lot done with them. And, you know, these phones today have got dozens of sensors that do a whole lot of things. But I just want to give some tips um, if you've got, a you know, one of the more high-end smartphones and middle range as well. Um, you know, aside, you know, with a built-in GPS uh, signals, for example, uh, it, do you know it's got an internal barometer? It's got uh, once one of the other um, uh, sensors it's got is a humidity sensor. So you can measure humidity uh, in an area that you're in, for example. You can measure the altitude. You can measure your elevation. So you can download an app, for example, that you read the speed that you're traveling at at any time, which is what it does with the GPS because that's got the accelerometer built in. The hygrometer, as I said, is an app that you can use to measure humidity. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, all the other stuff that you measure, your distance from your phone, it works with all of the fitness devices, for example. Mm. But I, I really love the one that I showed you with the air quality. There's one that you can also measure the air quality as well. Uh, if you get a, an app called Air Visual, it will tell you what kind of air quality is in the room that you're in. Um, and the ones that I love is both Google and Apple have this augmented reality app called Measure. And what Measure does is it reads the room and it's able to work out the corners and the floor and the ceiling space. And you're able to just measure roughly what the square meterage of the area is or, you know, what distance is it from one side of the room to the other. And it's kind of handy, you know, when you're doing some handy work in the house on the weekend mm. and you want to work out how many square meters of paint you need to paint on the walls. I always get it wrong, you know. Mm. So you just pull out your phone and you can do it instantly. 
that's incredible. Uh, and it's called Measure. So if you just search for Measure, it should come up on your phone. And the other cool one that's available for Android is another one that's called it's called Working Scale, which you can actually put stuff on the glass, light stuff, you know, to measure the weight of a certain object. So Please don't stand on your phone. No, don't stand on your phone, whatever <laughs> no. you do. But I tested it with a pen and a couple of things. So it's it's for really small stuff if you want to just gauge what the weight is. But the point is that these phones are extraordinary because it just highlights how many different uh, sensors are inside these phones that can do a whole lot of things. They are reading a lot of data, and of course the data is being shared. Do you know that the um, data that's come out from people that ha- download weather maps, for example, you think you, oh, I've got a nice weather map, I'm checking the weather in Santon, but they make the money from sharing your data with third parties mm. about your habits on your phone. And this leads us to the next one. And a, beautiful segue. Yes, yes, beautiful segue to how transparent Facebook has become with the data, you know, and, and it's quite interesting. And this is where I'm going to go with it. Let's say you Google something and you Google a pair of sneakers. Next or, thing, or Crocs. Yeah, or Crocs, for example, for that matter. You know, those people that wear Crocs. Yes. Um, and you, you, next thing you're checking on your Facebook page and you're looking around at your friends' updates and there you see some adverts appear for Crocs. But you say, but how does Facebook know that I was searching on Google for Crocs? They share the data with each other, you see. And now what Facebook has done is it's allowing its users to get a glimpse on what information they are gathering from the third party. So, for example, I'll tell you what they're doing. Um, let's say you search for something. That those people share that information with Facebook. They get some monetary value, for example, and then Facebook throws adverts at you, which they sell, and they make in, t- in turn for. So you are the product with the social media. It is free. But th- they've now got this, um, this, uh, this, uh, the ability for you to track exactly who's looking at you. So go onto your settings, and under settings, look for that off Facebook activity tool. And this off Facebook activity tool, which has gone live the last few days tells you exactly who's taken your data and how it's got to you facebook and it's it, you'll be you'll be surprised to see even like you know news websites for example obviously are picking fa- up data obviously facebook doesn't care about being ethical so what's the well neither are the other companies no, of course not so what's the logic for pretend to be transparent because we're going to be more loyal commercially well, you can now you can now block you can now stop these companies from tracking you okay. and selling their Facebook the information to Facebook, for example. So but what's what's in it for them? Are they scared that irritating us too much will drive us away? Well, this is exactly what's happening. I mean, okay. I've I've deleted Facebook. Mm. I'm I'm, I'm well, done with Facebook. You. I miss you too. <laughs> the, I tell you, the only people that I'm well, one of the few people that I do miss on Facebook is you because, and I'm not just saying it because we're here talking, but you really engage with people on Facebook and you you really put a lot of effort into your posts when you want to share your thoughts on a specific topic. And I love the engagement that follows afterwards. It's robust. It's, some of it is insulting, you know, but it's interesting and it's a reflection of where we are. Mm. But it's time-consuming. And Very the question much is, so. what is the true value of being there as often as we are? Because as you know, I've cut down on my Twitter engagement. Yes. And the truth of the matter is that I haven't missed a beat in terms of the what's going on fundamentally in the country. Re- and if yeah. two, two naked people are running around Northcliffe, someone is going to say to me, hey, look at this. Yes. No, well, that's a, that's a, that's exactly my point. And I must tell you that it's only been about, um, let's say a month or two that I've been off Facebook and, and disengaged from other social media as well. And I've actually found that I've 
I've, I've had a different approach to things. I think about other things a lot more differently. I'm less consumed by it. I'm less, I'm less irritated, interestingly. Mm. Are you a better man? I, I, well, I, I think I think I'm a better man. I've become a lot calmer um, and not giving. Okay. Um, we won't quote you. We'll see how long it will last. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. you know what they say, eh? FOMO. You can check out any time you want, but you can never leave. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck in. The You're real question in. I wanted to ask you is whether you deleted your account or whether you've simply uh, whatever the mute type of well, option is. This is a good question because Facebook um, allow you to delete it. But they keep it there, you know, so as soon as you go back in, and I tested this as well after three weeks, and I said, I wonder if my information is still there. And then I went in, it all appeared, and you were back again. And then I went out again. Um, but I tell them, listen, delete my account, but they keep your information purposes just in yeah, case, you know. Up yeah, there. They exactly. know them exactly. Speaking of which, it leads us to questions around addiction and drugs. Yeah, this is absolutely fascinating. This is a world first, and what this company has done is they've developed a drug using artificial intelligence-powered software, and uh, this drug is now entered into phase one clinical trial, and um, it, it's a drug that's going to treat people for obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD. Um, and here's an interesting thing. This UK company called Existentia, um carried out this experiment, and it took them 12 months to reach phase one. Uh, whereas, you know, normally when you do a drug, a brand-new drug, and you do a lot of testing in that, it takes around about five years. So, so they used algorithms and they used, um, you know, different peop- uh, different methodologies around artificial intelligence um, and to basically simulate and use a, a quicker process of elimination as opposed to human beings being the drug designers. It allowed the technology. And here's a question. Would you allow, um, would you consume a drug that was designed by technology? Um and I was thinking about this, and I would imagine that it would be a lot, a lot, a lot more stringently tested. Um, and I would trust it more than human beings. Now, here's the CEO of the company. His name is Professor Andrew Hopkins, just talking about the methodologies they used and why it's such an important breakthrough that artificial intelligence and big data mm. was used to design this new drug. We're now starting to see some really robust metrics about how the of, um, increase of productivity that one can gain by allowing of, um, algorithms and, uh, to undertake the data integration and hypothesis generation. The benefit is what we've seen is a of, um, reduction in time and that reduction in time of starting a project, discovering your first hit compounds to of, um, identify the molecule is going to be the clinical ca- uh, candidate to move into IND studies, that time was reduced because we're actually doing fewer experiments. So of, um, the algorithms are helping us make better decisions, helping us design molecules which then actually we need to make do fewer uh, experiments to make and test and therefore by synthesizing fewer compounds and ultimately doing fewer experiments, therefore the entire uh, time and cost of a project can be radically reduced. We're seeing figures by, you know, an 80% reduction potentially compared to some of the industry benchmarks. It's astonishing. Now, you talk about longevity and life and and cancer drugs and all of these things. If you can speed up the process and you bring in big data crunching and everything, you can design drugs and create drugs that will add benefit to our lives a lot quicker than what Mm. we've currently been doing it. And it's going to accelerate even faster uh, going forward. So there's another solution to problems around us that are being solved Mm. using AI and uh, big data analytics and algorithms. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Aki. Bye-bye, Eusebius.